Next, we're going to start a three-week mini-series called Standing Firm. How we stand firm in the reality that's around us. Now, uh, Abraham realized he was over 100 years old, but he also believed God that he'll have a child. We know that um, coronavirus is here, but we also have a God that delivers and heals. Those are the realities that we deal with every single day. And how, many, how do you feel when you're boxed in? And you feel pressed. You got, I see the present reality, but I also know the real reality. But it can squeeze you. And that's what we're going to talk about today, being squeezed with those two realities in our lives. When we have major opposition one way, and then your obstacle, you can't get away. You feel squeezed in. And pressure will cause that. And I feel our nation's under a lot of pressure because of all the things that's been hitting it. There's a lot of fear. And we want to make sure we take fear and turn it into faith, but we also want to make sure we have mercy and grace for those who are dealing with it. Our work, our neighbors, our, um, our co-workers, all of those are dealing with this every single day. Our kids are out of school for three or four days. It might just be three days until they come back Wednesday. Some are going to be interviewed about where they've been for spring break. That can change a whole lot. That can cause anxiety. It's the reality, but we also know we serve, we have the true reality, who's God. And the reason why I wanted to do this sermon series, Stand Firm, is a, is a quote I got from Dr. Tony Evans that said this, just because you can't see the way doesn't mean that God doesn't have a way. Because we're visual. Just because you can't see the way through the news, through all the things that you can see, doesn't mean that God doesn't have a way. And we want to make sure that we fill ourselves with facts, but we also fill ourselves with faith. Amen? So the scripture we're going to use today is in Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, it's a well-known story about the children of Israel, and they're in, a, in a, an incredible place in this moment. And I think we're really kind of minds up of where we are as a people in America and in the world. Starts in verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall not never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. And before I go forward, I want to recognize everyone who's online. Good to see everyone this morning. I should have recognized when I first came in. This is a new reality. Good to see everybody. Some people we know couldn't make it because they didn't feel well. We told them to watch us online. So good to see everyone online. Get your Bibles out, ready to go. I apologize. I'll get better at it next week. But you see a story. We know this story very well. It's about the children of Israel. If you know about the children of Israel, uh, when they uh, were in Egypt, they were in bondage for over 400 years. And God came down in Exodus chapter 3. And so I heard, your, I heard my people's cry, and I'm coming down personally to take them out of bondage and put them in free, gave them freedom. And Moses, I know you're 80 years old, but you're my guy. And I know Moses said, I'm 80 years old. And this is one million people. How I many know Moses had a reality check? My body's old, but my God is young. So his job was to take them out, but with the help of God. Uh, Egypt held them tightly because they were their economic stimulus plan, the Israelites. They did all the work. They were their slaves. 
and they had to grip, take them out of the grip of Pharaoh. So God says, I'm going to have to use 10 plagues against um, Pharaoh to take them out of slavery. And we read about the 10 plagues. Now, interesting about the 10 plagues, uh, the first four of uh, three or four of them, only, they affected everybody. The last set of those plagues affected just the Egyptians and the Israelites wasn't touched, especially the last one. Well, we celebrate now the Passover, which is Easter. Now, every firstborn will be killed, will die, unless you prepare yourself with the blood. Here's a sacrifice. Put the blood on, uh, put the blood on your doorpost. That death angel is going to come across. If the blood is on your, do um, on your do uh, doorpost, it will pass over. Now, if you look at that, I love the way he put it. You put it here, you put it here, you put it here. It really represents the cross. And it passed over. Well, all the Egyptians firstborn died. At that time, they said, it's time for them to go. Well, God also told them, when you leave, you're taking everything. What's ever left, you're taking the finances. You're taking the, the cattle, the livestock. You're taking the jewel. You're taking everything. And you're marching out. And then here they are. God took them out, and he was, he was very mindful of where they were. He said, I won't take them to the land by the Philistines, but if they see war, they might want to go back to Egypt. So he took them around to another place. He put them in a place where he hemmed them up. This water here, and then the Red Sea here, and then you have the army here. So they had three realities. And here they are in the middle. And he said, I'm going to make Pharaoh understand that I'm the God of all. And next thing you know, Pharaoh, he said, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. I'm going to force him to come after you. So he's coming after him. So the people looked up and they saw them coming. And they had opposition coming at them and an obstacle in front of them. And the third obstacle is, the third reality is, God says, I'll deliver you. How would you feel right about now? So what Moses was doing, he was calming their fears. That's what he was doing. He was calming their fears. Now, he said something, he gave them some instructions that I think is very good for us today. First one, he said, fear not. Really means don't be afraid. Second one, he said, stand firm. Third one, see the salvation. Four, be still and go forward. Now, if you look at fear not, he says, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid of what you're going to see. Do not be afraid. And only don't, because they know I'm going to run. See, so don't fear. Do not be afraid. How many know you've been afraid? You would be afraid. How many know it's normal to be afraid? Because we have emotions. But he also said this. Now that you're afraid and I know you want to run, now you need to stand firm. That means you have to stand by. You mean stand here? Okay, what's the other? Where's my weapon? Just stand. Are you serious? Just stand. Now, this is great for Moses because when Moses, years ago, when he decided, when God said, you're going to be my deliverer, Moses said, okay, I'm going to go out and save a few of my uh, Israelites. He kills an Egyptian. He didn't stand still and get the further instructions. Then he took off for 40 years and got trained on how to be a shepherd. He comes back. Now he's telling them, guys, be still. He's calming the field. He said, be stand firm. That's a statement of faith. Next thing he says, see the salvation of the Lord. Now, the word salvation means Yeshua, means Jesus. This is the gospel in the Old Testament. Why? Because death was imminent with them. They were coming to kill them. 
The only way they're going to get out is by deliverance, by salvation. Yeshua, that's the Hebrew word for salvation in this text, means they're going to be saved. See. So make sure you see the salvation. How do you see the salvation? You stand still. There's no plan of attack. The Lord will fight for you. Now, seeing is very important because when we're in a season like this, how many have heard my, how many of might feel my faith isn't strong enough? Not about your faith being strong enough. It's about the object of your faith. The object of your faith is still. He never changes. That's God himself. He doesn't change. He doesn't change his mind. He's the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. So you can fix your eyes. He said, take your eyes off what's shaking which is the facts, which is fluid, which is the facts, and fix your eyes on that which is steady. And you will not, you'll see the right thing because your perspective will change, won't it? It's the thing when we had to teach parachute landing falls, because there's a fall, when you, all the things you see in the movie when people come in the movies and they're landing like this, don't, don't believe them. It's a hard hit. You go through a checklist. The last thing they tell you to do Last thing they tell you to do, after you steer into the wind, please steer into the wind, otherwise you're going to go face first. Um, seen it happen. It's not pretty. And then you get dragged, and then you got to leave your skin everywhere. Anyway, um, <laughs> it says, look to the horizon and prepare to land. If you look down, you're going to have, gr uh, it's moving so fast, you're going to have ground rush and you're going you're gonna to stiffen yourself, and you're going to hit the ground and break a leg. But he said, look at what's fixed. Israelites, don't look at the army who's not going to be there much longer. Look to the horizon of your God who's going to open up the doors for you. Fix your eye. We got, what, this, whole, this whole thing we're going through right now, because it's so fluid, we got to fix our eyes on the horizon. We got to fix our eyes on that which should not change. The horizon never changes. By the time I'm looking at the horizon, oh, I land, and now I know I can do my fall. But I fix my eyes. The last thing I do is fix it. And all the, all the mistakes, a lot of mistakes happen is when they, they look down, and it's coming at them quicker than they know, and they can't misjudge it. You tighten up, and you break a leg. See, saying, fix your eyes on that which cannot move. Now, we'll have emotions. God created us with that. And we'll read facts. But you got to read the faith. You got to have faith. Don't condemn yourself if you're feeling anxious. That means you need to get in the word more and get with God more. So you take that worry into prayer. Make sense? So we want to help people with that. The other thing he told them, which is very practical, be silent. <laughs> How many know fear is contagious? How many know panic is contagious? What he's saying is, um, in so many words, I'm going to put it in today's language, what my mother used to say, shut up. Because you have nothing good to say because what I say is going to affect a lot of people in the room. Years ago when we had BBS <laughs> and we had the storm of all storms, the hailstorm destroyed all 
We had 50 liters out here, 50 vehicles were smashed. And I'm not talking about regular, it was smashed. And we had parents coming in, hail coming into the car. We had to evacuate them out the car. It's hitting the roof, the lights are shaking, the kids are in here singing. And then the parents are worried about, and some police were worried, I said, do not stop singing. In fact, do not go by the car, because if you change, they will change. And it was, it was massive. Bam, 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 bam. Things are shaking everywhere. And we're like, Jesus, this is amazing. And it was, you know, and then we know when we come out. And at the end, we had to get out the outside here and get all new cars, every one of us. Everyone thought we were one of those churches that was about finances because we all got new cars. And then insurance did what it did, wouldn't pay for the roof because we didn't have that much hail. Yeah, it's, it's a whole, I'm still getting it with that. Anyway, but how we reacted or responded will affect them. How we respond now, guys, is how we affect our coworkers. Because legitimately, they should be upset. It's okay. Some of us will have moments. But we want to pray for one another. And we want to make sure our voice, don't di- what we say, don't discount what God says. Because we can talk ourselves out of a miracle. We can talk ourselves out of out of what's going on. Make sense? So, because you guys see in verse 11 and 12, when they saw that army come down, what they said is, oh my gosh. And you know, what they said wasn't pleasant. They all looked at Moses and said, see, you brought us out here to die. And I know Moses like, oh my gosh, you're blaming me now. Remember when all the plagues, but that's what happens when fear shows up. Unbelief is very noisy, but unbelief complains. And all this complaining about unbelief. We got to help people now, whatever they read and what they mistrust, help them. Help each other with that. So you see uh, that. Last the other thing he said, now go forward. And what did he do? He went forward. What do you mean? Faith obeys. Unbelief complains and faith obeys. Why? He, I will fight for you. Now, these things are amazing. Those four things he's telling us to do is because what it says in verse 18, he said the Israelites were very equipped for war. They were already equipped for what was in front of them. He said, how, did they, how were they equipped? They had no weapons. They had a lot of jewelry. They had a lot of livestock. But God said they were equipped for war. Very equipped for war. Well, when you do all those five things, you start to realize who you are. Part of your equip, most of your equipping, church, and all of us I'm learning, most of our equipping is knowing who we are as a child of God. Not a child outside of God. A child of God. I'm fully equipped for everything he wants that's going to be thrown at me. Make sense? So in the three things I want to just unpack for you uh, very quickly. How were they equipped for war? Well, the first thing was God's presence. Think about it. God's presence. We see that, Pastor. God's presence. What happens in, in chapter 13, verses 21 and 22, had a, it said the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night would lead them so they can walk and go anywhere they want to go. That's amazing. I love what Isaiah 41.10 says. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. 
I will help you. I will uphold you and you with my right, righteous right hand. Now, I read something. One of the writers said this. Whenever God talks about it, it's just basically when God talks about his right hand, that represents his sovereignty and strength over everything. One guy said this in this story. God did not only just use his right hand. He used the right hook because he punched out Israel. And he punch, had the uh, Israelites, uh, not Israel, he punched out the Egyptians and he punched through the uh, Israelites. Knocked them out. Now, when you read a story like this, well, that's the Old Testament. No, the fire and the smoke is the representation of the presence of God. It's a type and figure. Well, we all have the fire and the smoke. It's called the Holy Spirit. They had it around them. We have it in us. And the greatest thing is the reality is we'll press you, but the real reality is the Holy Spirit must press back. You must be stronger on the inside so you can take more from the outside. What was it John 4? It says, greater is he that's in me than he that's what? In the world. How many love to fly? Amazing thing when you fly. 18,000 feet, you can still breathe. You go above 18,000 feet, and the aircraft is pressurized. If it isn't pressurized, if someone breaks a window, you're getting sucked out because the pressure on the outside is greater than the pressure on the inside because they're getting compromised. Well, when you're talking about reality, which these guys are chasing us down, the car, you know, the coronavirus is right here. This is going on. This is going on. It's a lot of things pressing us. But I will read the facts. But when I'm in full of God, when I'm reading the Bible, and I'm, in, when I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, I become stronger on the inside so I can repel the things on the outside. Two realities. Outside is there to crush me. Inside is to fulfill and to make me stronger. Old Testament, New Testament, the Holy Spirit. He's with us all the time. Access him. When my feelings overrun me, which happens, I have to pray. So faith will override my feelings. I'm not saying that feelings are bad. It's just the fact that I have faith. That I want to override my feelings because I don't want to make them. I don't want to make a decision in my feelings. I want to make a decision in faith. Because people will press you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I don't know yet. <laughs> I haven't heard what he said. In fact, like he said, if you be quiet, we can actually hear God. Right? So it's okay, but that's the reality. And guess what, guys? It's the reality that hit two weeks ago. It's called the coronavirus and whatever else. If you go back 10 years, something else and something else. But the pressure, God says, what's in us is greater than that what's pressing us. So if you don't do that, guess what happens with that airplane? It's like pressurized, go out. It's like this. Like even a sub, when it goes down to deep water, it crushes you. It will crush that plane. It will crush that submarine like a pan of soda. And it's thrown out. So the pressure on the inside has to be greater than the pressure 
on the outside. And here's the greatest thing. The Holy Spirit is greater than anything outside of us. Make sense? It's a, and it's an everyday thing because I leak. And tomorrow, the paper can say, we want you to shut down for three months. Now, don't call me two minutes after it happens. I'll probably have a feeling moment. Then I got to pray <laughs> and get a faith moment. What are we going to do? Because they're like, what are we going to do? I don't know yet. But that's the reality. But I have a constant reality that doesn't fail. And when I, when I'm in my pro- when I understand that, I can see something else. I recognize it's God's protection. Think about it. The cloud and the pillow, fire and the cloud, pillow of cloud during the day and night. When they're about to go in, he said, Moses, turn around and open and um, put, pick up your stick and watch this water go. Oh, and they said, we're going to come get them. And they're charging on them. They said the cloud went over them and said, well, you can't touch them. They're distinct people. Sorry. In fact, uh, Pharaoh, it's really between me and you. They just happen to be in the middle. So I'm going to move them over here, and I'm going to wreck you right here. And he put it in there, and it just didn't even say that. It said later on when you get in there, I think it's verses 31 and in verses uh, 19 to 24, God put the pillow and the fire at night. And the Egyptians are trying to get there. They got the best weapons. They're amazing. In those days, Pharaoh was like God. They had all the best stuff. They had all the newest equipment, and God was messing it up, just tearing up the wheels. It was so bad that guys were saying, Pharaoh, um, like, this is not working. This plan is not good at all. In fact, we need to let them go because they have a God that's stronger than even you are. I mean, you can get mad at me later on, but at least I'll be around after this water comes back. And got behind them and protected them. And then you look out, raise up your stick, and you got water staying at attention for you that should drown other people. And you're walking, now I'm just on, you know how it rains out here, it's still a little wet, dry ground. All night, trucking through there, and they're going, we're going to go after them. Okay, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Moses, turn around. Now that part that's still open, just put your hand, just all you got to do is raise your hand. You ain't got to pray in tongues, just raise your hand. And kill them all. God's protection. Can I say something? God's protecting us every single day. You ever realized I should have been in that wreck? I should have realized I should have been part of that, that I was being saved from something. That's a testimony. I should be panicking, but it's the power of the presence of God, protection of God, keeps me from panicking. Now listen, the protection when he goes here says this. I love this scripture, Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. Now, when he's talking about the Lord's protection through the Red Sea, the Jordan Sea, and then also the three, bro- the three brothers and Daniel 3. Now, here's the thing. How many let that word through? How many hope go around? I mean, you're walking with Jesus and, and you know, like Peter. I mean, you had to have a moment. Um, Peter, um, the devil 
wants to sift you like wheat. So you're like, yeah, so you're going to tell him, right? You're going you're gonna to slam him because that's not going to happen, right? Right, God? I mean, me and Jesus, me, me and you, been, we've been together three years. This is not going to happen. No, whatever, um, you know, Peter, what I'm going to do for you, I'm going to pray that your, <laughs> that your faith doesn't fail. And then you got to come back and strengthen your brothers. There's something wrong with that prayer. You have all power from above. Why got to go through this? Because God knows what you're going to go through. And then when, you, when we go through this church, we can really, and as we're going through this church, we can really start strengthening our community. Because someone has to go through it so they can be a witness to it. But you got to realize, sometimes we're billboards for God's glory to be shining. I mean, I don't like that word through. Like, let's go around. You know, at Western Church, let's go around. Let's just pray long enough, maybe it'll go away. <laughs> just, all you're doing is delaying it. Just keep going through. So when we come to you, come to me, Pastor Rich, pray that I get out of this job. And I'm going to pray as you go through it and get promoted to a harder one. Because that's where you go, promotion. But for us, he's with us. Why? His presence, protection. And the last one is his power. How many recognize the power of God in here? I mean, in verse 30 and 31, they said, great power of the Lord of salvation. They saw that. They never seen nothing like that. In 15, they got into a great party. They had a whole 15, a a song. And then 16, they ran out of water. And then we forgot, you know, like us. It's all right. I can't get mad at them anymore because I'm the same way. But it's amazing the power of God. He came through. He wiped out the enemy. That's called salvation. Now, here's I want you to I want you to really get this. Your past is dead. When they look back over, slavery was finished. You know where slavery went? Underneath the Red Sea. Don't dig up your past, unless it's good stuff. But don't go there looking for the water. Yeah, hey, I think I've no. That's already been salvation. That's power. What do you mean? Well, the gospel, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because that's the power of God for salvation. It's the power of God for transformation. They went from being slaves to being free. And he washed all the enemy. Some of you have your, your um, you got things speaking to you about your past that Jesus killed. I mean, he, whoosh. All of Egypt, all my 400 years of memories. Whoosh. Now they had to learn how to be live free, but it's whoosh. and not that I don't think anybody would get back. Let me go back over and go pick that up. Killed them. Salvation, killed all our sin, and then we learn how to live free. What we think now is a. Uh, it's like it's big against us. It's really going to be our greatest hour to help other people become free. Because all I have to share with the people now is the gospel. That's all I got. This story is like um, some of y'all know when I got diagnosed with cancer. When I went to the doctor, he's had a great size, great 
bedside manner. He said, how are you feeling? I feel, I feel great, man. I feel fantastic. No, you're not. You got cancer. Now, how many know my faith kind of leaked out somewhere? And Ms. Donna had to capture me because I'm like, what are you talking about? And then the diagnosis was impossible. And they had to walk this thing out. And I met an old pro. Who found, no one had found this guy. And I had my Indian doctor in. Indian doctor says, yeah. <laughs> he said, you're so lucky because only 1% gets past this. I said, yeah, I'm not lucky. I have a God who's amazing. But I had to resign the fact that if I wasn't going to be healed here, I'll be, I'm ultimately healed there. Right? But it didn't matter when I got hit with it how I felt disoriented by it. And then when I was able to regain my senses through a lot of time of prayer, time of reflection, I can help other people when I was sitting in the room, sitting in a place, the cancer place and over there, and I'm sitting there and someone's having a worse problem than I'm having, so we're praying for them now. But I had to get my senses back. There's nothing wrong with getting hit like we're getting hit now. But guys, I need you to be strong for your kids because they're going to get news this week. Well, I don't know if you're going to come back. might scare them half to death. I need to be strong for our college students. I need to be strong for your, your coworkers. Be strong for your, for your community because they're going to get news, but there's no out for some of them. The out was, our out is the gospel. Where there was death, he killed it. And I was able to go. Where they are, this is where they stop. I mean, it's great to make jokes about the mm, supermarket, but that's all they got. All I was just telling you is, they had nothing else to look forward to. I better get to the supermarket and I better, I better hunker down. And some of us might feel that way. But God says, I don't want you to hunker down. I want you to stand up and pull them out. Look around you and see the signs of where people are today. It's not their fault. There's nothing else to look forward to. Not that I'm saying I'm better, but if I know Jesus, I'm better off. And all I have left, and I don't know about you, do anybody got any more good stories except Jesus changed my life? That God's power is amazing? His presence, the reason why I'm sitting here like I'm not going crazy because his presence is with me all the time. And I know he's going to protect me today. He's never, he's never changes. And I know the power of God that changed my life for where I was and where I am now, progressively. Right? That's what I want everyone to understand. And he grows my mercy for times like this even more. I don't want to make jokes. I want to help people who thinks that they, we make jokes, they think it's serious. And they feel it because they're feeling crushed because there's no pressure on the inside to press out that which is crushing them from the outside. Let's all stand. And how do we do pressure? How do we relieve pressure? First thing you realize, those three things, but the second thing, I'm going to take you right back to where we started. Don't be afraid. Stand firm on your faith. And you, hey, if you're having a problem standing, guess what? Friendship is amazing. I know we got we got we got to practice social separation, 
But when I need help, I'm not going to want to, I want to hug, <laughs> you know, and, and then we'll just, we'll disinfect ourselves later. But if I'm having problems standing, I need someone to lean on sometime. And God doesn't mind us leaning on him. I want to stand firm. I want to better see with the right perspective. I want to speak what he says, not disqualify what he says. And I think I want to keep going forward because that's what God calls us to do. Go forward. Now I know this is amazing. When we worship God, then we're going to worship out now. We always saying that we trust him. And this is what God does when we worship. Zephaniah 3.17 says this. The Lord your God is in your midst. I mean, know he's a mighty one who will, not might, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. So even if you're having a, a moment, he's rejoicing over you because you're his child. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. What he's saying is, I love to quiet you, my peace that surpasses understanding, because he'll quiet me by his love, and perfect love casts out fear. Because all fear is about judgment. But when I know I'm loved supremely by God, whatever I'm going through, he's not going to release me. He's not going to let me go. He's not going to forsake me. And then when I worship God, I, worship, I start to realize everything that's right with him, and I forget what's wrong with this. And we have three, four weeks in our D groups. We're going to go through this together as a family. We don't need a rah-rah. We just need a reassurance. Because our God's amazing, isn't he? He's singing over you right now. He's, he's dancing. He's right now. He's, he's just, and he loves you. Gives you peace. How many trust God? Let's press in and trust God. Because all this, the work we got, trust God more than we trust what we see. And Father, I thank you for these amazing people. I thank you for those online who couldn't make it here, God. We declare right now, declaring right now that you are God, and we trust you. We thank you, Lord God, for your amazing presence that we sense right now. We thank you, Lord God, for your protection. We don't even see it sometimes, but you're working. You're always working. But, Father, most of all, for your power of salvation, that we have been born again into a new world, into a new reality. You are the true reality. Help us of what we see in our present reality. There's no shame in that. But, Father, keep our eyes on the horizon. for where. Keep our eyes up from where our help does, true help does come from. And, Father, I think you're surrounded with family who love you, who adore you, who walk with you. We trust you, God. And we thank you, Lord, that you're trustworthy and you're faithful. Bless your people this morning, this week, as we navigate this situation. Pray for our city. Pray for those in pain. Pray your healing hand touch them right now. Those in fear, God, release them right now by your amazing grace. 
things that ain't seen unknown, as we talk about next week, God, I don't know, I might not know what to do, but I know you. So, Father, all that were online today, let the gospel be preached in hope bigger than we ever thought in the airwaves. Praise you. We bless you. But most of all, we put our full 100% trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>